0: episode six hello today we have justin dago bcba from louisiana and he's kind enough to uh... do my silly thing with me so uh... justin why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you get in the ABA field?
1: Sure. Um, Well, I was born and raised here in Louisiana, and decided to stay local for my education. Went to McNeese State University in Lake Charles, Louisiana, and um, there I kind of fell into this world of ABA. I don't know why I ever chose psychology as a major, but um, one of the problems I had was that there seemed to be a lot of old guys arguing about their point was right and their other guy's point was wrong. And uh, I didn't want to become an old guy yelling at one another at a conference. Um, So I kind of liked this ABA stuff because it was a little bit more solid. You know, you could predict it. I like it. Behavior behavior gets reinforced and it increases. There's no arguing about that, you know. Um, And that's how I kind of jumped into it and never looked back and started from there.
0: Cool. Um, What is your Skinnerian message or a quote that's ABA-related or ABA-inspired?
1: Okay, so here's my funny story. Um, I knew you were going to ask me this question, and I try to figure out where Skinner said this, and I don't even know if he really did or not, to be honest with you, but I was told he did. So um, he was saying uh, there was a phenomenon he experienced where um, if he was unable to teach one of his pigeons something in his Skinner box, people would look at him and say, you failed as a teacher. Uh, but if he was unable to teach a student something in the classroom, they would look at the student and say, you failed as a student and. uh he postulated that it really was never the student's fault whenever learning didn't occur. It was the teacher's fault. And uh, that's something that I've, all, I've used every single day uh, of my life. If my kid isn't learning, isn't progressing, I've got to figure out some sort of way to reach them. And as far as I know, he is the first and only person that kind of puts the, the burden on us and not just on you learn or it's your fault. And uh, so that's kind of always been my Skinnerian motto um, and I really hope he really said that. So
0: that's well, enough people saying that he said that. then you know, he said it. That's what rumor goes, right? I don't know. Right. Well, do I
1: mean, it. I've I've had students turning papers to me that has a Skinner quote that I know is from like Watson or you know some other well known quotation, and I'm just like, Skinner never said that. So you know, he's kind of reached this, uh, you know almost idle figure in the field so you never quite know but i i heard that one time in grad school and i thought if nothing else i'll think that way and maybe people can quote me moving forward so
0: there you go you misquote skinner who says that but hey that's a t-shirt
1: you're right yeah no whenever they whenever they quote the the pigeon quote you can put skinner or justin there you go okay
0: you're up there that's good I think uh, Lova says something like that. If the kid's not learning, is the, the, the teacher's fault or something like that. But See, you know, and a, and go but down, down that line.
1: Skinner, who knows? Yeah. I, like I said, I couldn't find it, uh, and I wasn't going back to read all of Skinner's work yesterday Wait. to find it. So. What do I you mean
0: you're not? Wikipedia, come on, people. If you don't like it, change it. <laughs>
1: Definitely Google searched it and was unable to locate it. I'll so.
0: change it and say that you heard it. In person or something. I'll do it after this. With yeah, I,
1: I called him up and I'm like, "Yo,
0: BF, time machine." My BF is my BFF or BF is my homeboy, something like that.
1: Actually, can can we just do like me saying Skinner or Lovas, and you can just edit in whoever really said that, so that way I don't look um, idiotic.
0: No, you never look idiotic. Come on, that's my yeah. job.
1: Yeah, you you do a great job.
0: Love it. Dude, 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 dude. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, All right. When and why did you decide to get your BCBA? And do you remember the day that you got your BCBA? All
1: right, so when and why? Um, Let's see. I was about to graduate with undergrad, (coughs) excuse me, and realized I needed a job.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, that, yeah.
1: Yeah, no. um, You know, our education system is really good at educating us. And then then at some point we wake up and realize this has to, to work long term. Um, and so I love the science. So I decided to get a job in it, went to grad school and, uh, became a BCBA. And yes, I do very well remember, um, taking the test. I think it's a day that every BCBA will remember. Um, I went the day before, stayed the night at a hotel room right next to the testing center and crammed, um, everything. I just read and read and read and spent probably 12 hours studying, uh, fell asleep, woke up that morning, um, ate breakfast. And this is going to sound very arrogant, but uh, went and set for the exam, finished in about 45 minutes, left, called my advisor and said that was the easiest thing. You freaked me out for nothing. Uh, <laughs> and um, so I, I was like, well, at least you trained me well, if nothing else, because um, I didn't, I didn't struggle with it. But I just remember that feeling of relief and feeling of wow, I way overstudied. Which I think I'm the only person that I know that has had that. Usually people are always um, worried. <laughs> I think rightfully so, but um, again, my borderline arrogance probably kicked in there.
0: It worked Um, to your advantage.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was was lucky enough to have passed it. And um, like I said, just kind of, you know, I'm a a perpetual overachiever in life, I feel like. So um, I think I just studied uh, way too intently. You know, I was worried about theories and going into the details of matching law and, you know, formulas and all this other stuff. And um, it was more... Um, more general, more broad strokes. I found so. It's
0: good. Congrats. Well, thank you. i just. I I, I think everyone felt relieved when, when they got out of you know the exam room, whatever you call that place. But right. I don't know. I felt like just blah when I got out. But luckily, I passed too somehow. I mean, <laughs> must be well, the money it, that I sleep under.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a mental drain. Like, I mean, I think any sort of standardized test, taking the GRE, the ACT, the, the BACB, it, it all you, – you leave just kind of going, I need a nap and a really nasty, unhealthy meal. You know, I think that's the, the go-to. Oh, good idea. Uh, but anyway, the nerves are always still there, though. Every person that I know that's set for that exam, um, no matter how confident they are in their knowledge and their experience, they're always going back and forth of you never know, you know. And when you get the email and it says, congratulations, you're just, okay, well, that makes your life a lot better. So.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, can you trace your ABA lineage?
1: Um, yes and no. <laughs> All right, so here's the thing I have um, two kind of different lines going out from my lineage. Uh, one is the BCBA I studied under, whose name is Janice Huber. Fantastic BCBA, did a great job at training me. She studied under Dr. Gordon Borland, and those two kind of continue to be um, you know, colleagues and role models for me in my practice. I do not know that line beyond Dr. Borland. However, my academic advisor and the one who did a lot of the classroom work for me was Dr. Cameron Melville. Dr. Melville got his PhD under Dr. McSweeney up in Washington State, who was B.F. Skinner's last graduate student. So if you're quick at doing math, that technically makes me B.F. Skinner's great grandchild academically of course
0: well, there you go you're from the yoda yoda line if skinner's yoda you're like right there
1: right there I'm royal just, blood not that far removed and you know proud of it so that's that's as far as i can go with my lineage
0: that's good enough and then you do have some skinner you know
1: yeah a, a little bit it's been it's been mixed you know it's got some mcsweeney it's got some melville and uh, you know i'm the product of all of that
0: there you go so i'll take it What was your the force is with me moment or the aha moment that you think like, hey, I got this ABA thing and I think I'm going to do this?
1: Ah, the force is with me. Um, It was the first time that a nonverbal child started speaking when I was running their session. Um, You know, a lot of times I find when we're doing those types of interventions, it's a shot in the dark. And I hope that something happens Um, and a a little bit more than hope. It's more of a. I don't want to say, like, I just do something randomly. It's it's planned out, and we're hoping that the child responds to the intervention the way that we uh, want them to. Um, But whenever I was in grad school working with a child who was nonverbal and working with them over a year and a half, getting them to where they were doing intraverbals and beginning conversation skills, um, whenever they say that word for the first time, something happens. A, A reinforcer of such a high value happens, and that was my, the force is with me. I can do this. You know, um, you I can help people, yeah, and all this sort of stuff, and it's actually great. I love that you call you you call it your uh, the forces with me moment, because uh, my students, when they're in the room, they're having problems with kids. I'll oftentimes go in there and, and work with the kid and have them watch me and how I do it, and they always say, "Justin, you're magic," and I'm just saying, "No, I just I understand behavioral contingencies a little bit better than you do as a student, and that's okay. You'll get there." Um, but now I'm going to start saying, "I'm not magic, just I have the force."
0: There, that's better. So,
1: thank you for that.
0: <laughs> there you go. I, I'll make a T-shirt and then copyright it. There you go. Copyright
1: and, and charge me for using that. So.
0: Oh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> okay. What was your biggest success as a BCBA or you know, a therapist working in the field?
1: Um, well, I know this is going to sound really cheesy, uh, but the biggest success I have is training students. I've been lucky to partner with the local university here in Lafayette, um, and we have about – Uh, Anywhere from six to 10 interns per semester uh, that are here doing discrete child training with our kids. And um, there's again, there's a high reinforcing value to be able to pass on the love of the science to um, other people who are willing and and hungry for it. Um, I mean, of course, I've had many great successes in the room with kids um, and I just I couldn't pinpoint down one. Um, But uh, for me as a professional, being able to share that with others is by far the biggest reinforcer. Um, And biggest
0: success that I've had. That's good. Congratulations. I mean, you know, as you need more people to be able to do what we do, learn the art or the force of ABA. You know, you are only one person. Unless we clone you, then you know, training ten people that would be really, really just you know. If if you
1: clone me, I don't think the world can handle the awesomeness.
0: There you go. You can't handle the awesomeness. That would be...
1: there. You know, that's that's mine. I'm copywriting that, and I'll charge you for
0: it. I'm going to put, like, off ABA. I'll put, like, the awesomeness off ABA. You can put the awesomeness off just in. There you right, go. Exactly right, exactly. We'll just keep selling to people a T-shirt. There you I go. I know. Bro.
1: I mean, I'm giving you tons of ideas for foot traffic to your website, man.
0: That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'll make some, and then I'm just going to set up some t shirt Shop and then you know next time we go on a conference or convention that's what I'm gonna do just wear our T-shirt and just
1: you know yeah one one of my favorite ABA shirts I ever had was it was a hand drawn picture of a pigeon with B. F. Skinner's head on it it was the most random but it was the goofiest thing I just had to have it so you know we're all suckers for cheesy T-shirts and cheesy sayings and ABA
0: well there you go that's my market don't steal it um, okay. What was your biggest failure as a BCBA or person working in the field?
1: Yeah, that one's a hard question, because uh, I like to, to think I'm perfect, but clearly not. Um, well, I, I think on a very broad level, uh, you have to realize in practice you can't help every single kid. And there's going to be some kids that the intervention is not going to work as well as you want it to or as quick as you want it to. Or there's forces like the school system or the parents that you can't control. Um, and you're not able to be as successful um, with the, the intervention as, as you want. And I think those are always the biggest failures. The ones that I take the hardest because I, I always want to help and I always want to um, you know, see a kid's life changed and to uh, see them walk out of the door and stop treatment before their goals were met or because of some extraneous variable. Um, it's always very difficult. Um, and that's the only time. Like I feel like a lot of the other sort of failures in my career – we're not really failures as much as they were just stumbling, you know, learning along the way. I think that's important too. Um, but the only failure that I can think of is that those kids are still out there that are still having those issues um, that are not receiving services. And uh, I wasn't able to help them. And I think that's the, the part I take hardest, I guess. Aye. Sorry. I know that's kind of mellow, kind of sad, but it's the truth.
0: Let's get some violin music if I can put it in.
1: Mm-hmm. Please
0: do. I'll, I'll work on that. I'll work on that. I, I wish to...
1: I can. I wish I can cry on command for you because I, you know, I would. But
0: <laughs> I'll put a teardrop shirt for you. You can be the new man in black or something. I don't know. Yeah, just a teardrop. Yeah. That's 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 another T-shirt idea. You with a teardrop.
1: Yeah. There
0: know. you go. Good. Well, <laughs> um, what is the most important thing? a BCBA should learn and master?
1: You know, um, one thing that I was uh, not very good at upon graduation was communication with parents and with anyone who wasn't a BCBA. Um, That is a very useful skill, needless to say, in our field. Um, Because you start using words like, oh, we would like to use a positive punishment procedure, um, and parents immediately start freaking out. And then, you know, I was in the situation where I was actually the first BCBA here in Lafayette. Um, There might have been others that lived here before, but uh, there were none currently practicing when I arrived. Um, And so I got into a town that didn't know what ABA was or what a BCBA was. Um, And it's a relatively large city in, in Louisiana, too. So being able to communicate with the doctors and with the school systems and uh, with the students and the teachers and all of that and explain these really complex behavioral terms um, to their level very much needed skill very good to practice that in your you know your experience Um, not just doing interventions and knowing all the text but to be able to do um, all of that so that's definitely something i think is uh, lacking and, and always needs improvement in our field
0: Right. So, uh, do you plan to make a book or a t shirt or a uh, training module for Talk ABA with.
1: Talk ABA with parents? the real world? Well, yes, you know, I love I know. it. Um, I don't know if you've ever had the honor of reading Bear Wolf and Risley's um, Some Still Current Dimensions of Applied Behavior Analysis. But that art, and sorry, I'm the guy who quotes articles, by the way. We talked about that prior to recording. Um, but. In there, they talk about how um, the exact quotation I think is something like the world, the world that people call real, aka the non-ABA. So that's why I say in the real world, aka the not-ABA world, um, they need help and they need someone to reach out and explain to them uh, what to do. Um, but no, I, no, no T-shirt ideas on that one though.
0: You can I, be I'll Morpheus keep... or something. You, know, huh? you can be Morpheus. You're like, do you understand the Matrix? You can, be, yeah. you can be him.
1: Do you understand the complexities? I don't know, and and I would hope someone a little bit more um, talented would write a book on that subject than me, because that's something I still struggle with all the time. So you know,
0: let me know when you find that guy. I'll put him or her on. Yeah, no, exactly. I
1: don't know. Someone who's been doing this a little bit longer would be, you know, appreciated.
0: <laughs> so. All right, um, let's move on. Okay. What what is the biggest misunderstand and misunderstood terms or procedure of ABA can you elaborate on that
1: yeah sure alright so I have two that I run across all the time and they're the two that you're expecting positive and negative reinforcement it's the most to me the most simple concept because we're inundated with it but to that real world uh, they still definitely struggle with it um, positive reinforcement the biggest thing is they don't realize that they're not reinforcing the behavior they think, oh, well, I told him good job. Yeah, but clearly the good job isn't working, right? Let's move to something else. I don't feel like I need to be giving playtime or I don't feel like I need to be giving some sort of edible to him every time he does well. He should just do it. Yeah, that's not how behavior works. So, positive reinforcement. And then negative reinforcement um, is so funny because they often say, okay, whenever little Jimmy makes a mistake, we'll provide some negative reinforcement. <laughs> And I'm like, no, please do not. Please provide some sort of positive punishment if you will. Um, but no <laughs> no negative reinforcement. I just think negative reinforcement sounds better than punishment, you know? And so, you know, they'd rather say that and not get yelled at by parents. <laughs> but,
0: well, yeah. you don't want to get yelled at by by them. I don't know. It's just hard to get them on board when you you know can't really make fun of them, but you want to sometimes. I mean, just that, that term right. at least. You know, well, I think to...
1: the key to all of that is just generalized education. Like whenever I'm talking to a parent, I'm going to explain to them what this means and what positive and negative reinforcement are. And they may not walk out of here understanding it enough to be able to use it. But at least in the meeting, they, they understand what I'm doing. And that's important to me, at least, as I'm sure it is to most other practitioners.
0: OK, let me throw you a little challenge. When, a, when, a par- when, when when parents come to you and uh, they want to discuss some kind of diet or therapy that don't provide much data, what would you tell them?
1: Hmm. Um,
0: bacon diet, that's always my thing. The bacon diet? Yeah, yeah I'm going to yeah, make so a to say I believe in bacon diet. I, I,
1: sounds like a good diet to me. Um, it might help me with some of my issues. There,
0: mm, there you um, go, that's my customer.
1: Well, I, I always tell them first that, you know, I'm a research guy. I'm an empiricist. I like to see research and data behind anything. I mean, and I just, I'm upfront front about that um, with them because uh, sometimes in their mind, they see that as a bias, you know, because um, I'm not going to do a, a bacon diet until bacon diet has been researched. You know, I'm not going to implement it here with my kids. Um, so I kind of just abstain until there's research and encourage them to do the same uh, but ultimately, my view on all of it is um, I have a kid for, you know, 10 hours a week or whatever on average. Um, these are their parents, and they're realistically in charge of, you know, that child. And so um, if they want to start something new, I don't stop them. I don't stop my services with them. I know some BCBAs won't, you know, they're on the bacon diet. They won't provide ABA, um I'll work with them, but we try to do so in a systematic way so that way we can track the progress and see if there is any changes in his pro- his or her progression. So like let's say, for instance, he's progressing at a certain rate and then he starts the bacon diet. in addition, I should be able to see some sort of faster acquisition if that bacon diet's helping. And then if not, then we can know that you can feed him something more than bacon.
0: Oh. But you know,
1: Maybe not red dye or gluten or anything like crazy like that, but
0: uh, you know not those. Oh, come on.
1: No, oh. no, no. I mean, and, and the other thing is, I've heard some crazy ones like the whole bleach enema. Like, yeah, let's not you know give a bleach enema to a child. You know that those I'm kind of a little bit more stringent upon. But like the gluten free diet, as far as I know, there's been no like sustainable research that says that, that helps, but. Um, Ultimately, there's no research that says it hurts either. So if you want your kid to eat healthier and cut out some of the carbs, then, you know,
0: that that, to me, you. Yeah, to me, it's more like uh, those, you know, research or the correlation saying that, you know, oh, if the family eat together, they the kids do better. But then it's more than just eating together. It's like uh, the parents actually care about the kid and, you know, follow up with, you know, know what they're doing rather than just like eating a meal together. You know, right. eating a meal together, ooh, everything's good. That That's not going to happen. But that's an indication that you, if you do a gluten-free diet with your, your your kids, then, you know, it's more likely that you pay more attention to his or her daily life and, you know, keep track of, you know, their behavior and all that. You're more likely to be on board with any intervention or any therapies that your child ha- has. I mean, that not just, you know, because gluten-free, woo, everything's perfect. That's just me, I mean.
1: Well, I had a professor who always said, you know, correlation is not causation. And she would say, you know, uh, the rates of murder go up every time ice cream sales go up. That doesn't mean that eating ice cream causes murder. It just means that, you know, those are somehow related to the same time, which is it's get hot, it gets hot, people get more aggravated, people kill more, people get hot, people want ice cream, you know. Just because that it happens at the same time doesn't mean they're causing it.
0: <laughs> They're like killing people with ice cream in their hands. <laughs> <laughs> ah,
1: with my ice cream cone, yeah.
0: But that's another t-shirt idea, just like this. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> that would be funny. There you go. Okay, and other.
1: Can I say I want royalties for all of your T-shirts? You know, I want at least a little. You can shirt.
0: be part owner of something. Come on, I, I, I'm, I'm starting thin that, thin, thin. Every time, every time I guess, uh, uh, you know, I interview someone, everyone wants a piece of that. Come on, and uh, I'm just gonna say, like, let's just do it for charity to save the poor, and I'm the poor.
1: <laughs> You're the poor we're saving.
0: huh? Yeah, of course. Come on. Right. Uh, what if uh someone from a uh, fan, uh, your, you know your friend your a family member some relative coworker ask you to approach uh, you know a child of someone you know that you know to for service what would you do i mean that let's say the i don't know your second cousin's youngest son seem like he has something
1: yeah, you know, it, it happens all the time. Um, Thanksgiving with my family, I was approached by two or three cousins to tell me about this one, you know, autistic kid they know, or one kid that might have autism and want to know what to do. Um, the way I handle it, is I'm very, very conservative about that, which is I don't. I just I respectfully decline. Um, there's a lot of ethical issues that go into it. You have to be very careful how you do it and what you say. And ultimately, it's just not my place to walk up to a stranger, even if they are related to me, if I don't know them well, and say, hey, I think your kid has autism, let me help. Like, I just think that that's just not the best tactic. So it's more about explaining to whoever's requesting that, educating them, because clearly they're interested in it. So I use that moment to educate them and um, also to let them know that I'm not comfortable um, doing that. There there's so many kids out there that I don't have to sort of ambulance chase to find clients. You know. They're they're readily available and it's ultimately up to the parents. Now if the parents approach me, I'll be glad to have that conversation with them, but they need to initiate that with me. And that's just kinda of how I feel about it. It's
0: true. Well at least the weather's not hot, so you'll be okay. They, you yeah. know. All right. So what is your must have ABA book?
1: Who can I say it tied? Um I'm a huge fan of, I call it the Bible, the Cooper book that's called applied behavior analysis. It's the textbook that everyone should have and refer to. I love it. Um, it's a combination of that and Skinner's verbal behavior, which I called my grad school bedtime stories. Uh, (laughs) Nice one. Every time, every time I would read it, I would somehow find a way to fall asleep in the middle of the chapter. Um, but it, it is, uh, fascinating to say the least um and every time i read it it sort of inspires me because there's so much that's unknown and so many sort of conceptual guesses he makes that need to be researched out that is very inspiring to read for me and i find it fascinating um so yeah the cooper book's the one i pull off the shelf the most to refer to to teach out of Um, i just think it's such a well constructed textbook and then on a personal level it's rural behavior that's what gets me going and uh, inspires me whenever I can stay awake through reading it.
0: Wow. Well, maybe you need an audio version of something. That could be your lullaby <laughs> or something.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's gotten a reinforcing value associated with it because it oftentimes does put me into sleep. And sleep is a huge reinforcer for me. So, you know, it pairs very quickly.
0: That's a good one. Uh, can you give us an example of how you apply ABA in everyday life?
1: Um, it would be more difficult for me to give you an example of how I don't apply ABA in my everyday life. I am the super geek that is nonstop uh, behavioral. Um, my students talk about putting on their behavioral glasses so that way they can view the world through the behaviorist eyes. Um, and I tell them I don't need behavioral glasses. I have behavioral eyes. Um, so everything I do in, in teaching my class and supervising my staff and my family, my relationships, all of that um, – I'm running schedules of reinforcement and punishment and shaping behaviors and all of that good stuff. I, I can't watch a movie without determining the function of a character's behavior. I uh,
0: do that next time.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's actually great. I do that as one of my assignments uh, for my second semester students. They have to watch a movie and then explain the main character's behavior um, through behavior analysis, and it's uh it's quite fascinating.
0: Um, Can I you give a some uh, example of those movies, what movies, what characters? I just, I wonder.
1: Well, I've always wanted someone to do um, with Scarlett O'Hare from uh, Going with the Wind, because I just think she has some very fascinating behaviors. I have um, one uh, on my desk from the movie Shame, uh, Michael Fassbender's character in Shame, and um, one of the characters from Arrested Development in season one, which I think is a really good, interesting. Behavioral topic, because they have some really odd behaviors in the rest of Development. Someone needs to do Walter White. I've been pushing for a student to to do that from uh, Breaking Bad. You know, but they they get really. It's a fun assignment, and they uh, they really get into it. So, but that's how I am. I, I everything I do is uh, behaviorism, and sometimes it sucks because um, I can't turn it off. But you know, it's it's who I am, and it's my life, and I love it. So,
0: it's good enough for everyone. I mean, that's your life, and yeah, shit. Should- I should just pick up some DVD and say – I think I tried to do something. Like I think one of my blog posts was talking about Elmo. Elmo likes to hear himself. He's that vain man that Skinner says. He's like, Elmo likes to talk about Elmo. There are only two people that says Elmo and Cal Malone.
1: I mean, sorry <laughs> Cal
0: Malone's from, from your neighborhood, but Cal Malone does like to talk about Cal Malone a lot.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, uh, uh. So I mean like it's vain. Actually,
1: El- Elmo has got some very unique behaviors. I mean – I, I love Sesame Street. I'm going to have to have someone do that next, is evaluate Elmo.
0: There you go. And um, what's the other, <laughs> some other characters I'd like to do, but that, yet. Yeah, that's one I want to know. Um, okay. What is your biggest concern in the field? It could be training, parent training, teaching, research, funding, or I don't know, anything.
1: Um, The association that we are autism, or that we are only autism, I guess, um, I don't think that's sustainable long-term and I don't think it's accurate. Um, I'm actually not one that loves, came into it going, I want to work with kids or I want to work with autism. I love the science of behaviorism and autism is kind of the sort of easy route, if you will, into a permanent job. Uh, But, you know, I I love and am definitely encouraging of behavior analysis being used in novel ways and, um, you know, people like Van Houten who are doing traffic analysis. And um, I know the state of Kansas just did um, a study using behavior analysis to decrease underage drinking in certain counties. Um, I think th- those types of situations are, are fascinating. Um, so that, that's by far, I think, of biggest concern is if we can't get trapped into the box of we're treating autism and only autism. Um, but it happens.
0: I want to get out of the box, too. Yes, send me some – can you send me those articles? I really want to learn. Maybe I'll post it up, too, if I know how to do it. Um,
1: well, I think the latest issue of Java had um, an article about teeth grinding at night, which I haven't read yet. But I found that very fascinating that how, you can
0: how, how do you
1: modify behavior while you're asleep, sleep. I guess. Well,
0: that's good. I mean, how I does it work? Know. I mean, I was told that I grind my teeth, so we'll see how that Work.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna have to read it, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll call you back and tell you.
0: Please do. Okay, well, this is right up your alley. Let's. Uh, which article in your mind is the most important article in our field? I mean, it could be Java, it could be you know some other article from.
1: Well, there's a lot, but I think number one is Beowulf and Risley. It's the very first article to appear in Java. That is day. That is day one reading for my introductory class, uh, and. And it's one that I find I always refer to in my teachings. And um, I think they just did a really good job at setting – I mean, really, okay, the task they had, which was writing the first article in our first journal, that would have to sort of last over the years and be a guideline for all of us. And the fact that they got it so well, I think, and so completely um, covered, in my opinion, um, is quite fascinating and towards their brilliance of all three of those authors. So, yeah, that is by far – uh, number one, gotta read it um, if you wanna if you wanna pass a class or become a BCBA. Actually, you know, there's a uh, there's an article that came out I don't know how many years ago that they did a poll with all of the Java and JAB uh, editors about what uh, books and what articles um, they suggest for graduate students to read. I don't know if you ever saw that, but um, Bear Wolf and Risley was I think number one for the Java people. Um, and you know, I think I I think that's right. I, I think that's where it needs to be at, so
0: yeah. yeah still applies. That article it's just just crazy to think of this what more than forty years ago and you know, everything changes and uh, still applies. So, and it
1: still applies. I mean, I just think that that's brilliant that they could um, – they understood the field and where it was going so well. I mean, it was just uh, brilliant and still useful. I mean, like I said, I, I quote it all the time when we're talking to students. I always bring it up in conversations again. So it's, it's a really good foundational read, I think.
0: I hope everyone that listens to this have read it already. I hope. If not, I would, get your hands on it quick. Yeah. What is the best advice you have received? Or on the other hand, is there any craziest requests?
1: All right. So the best advice that I received was um, was from my supervising BCBA, uh, Janice. And she just would always remind me to keep it about the kid and keep it about the family um, because we would have families who would come in and request some pretty odd things um, that – I didn't necessarily want to work on you know I didn't want to work on potty training this kid um, when they couldn't talk I wanted to work on the cool stuff Um, but that's I think I remind myself over and over in practice about that it's really it's about the kid it's about the family or about the client whomever you're working with and to stay focused on that um, because it's really easy to lose sight of it and then now the craziest request um, I was guest lecturing a class on behavior modification here (laughs) excuse me, and I asked um, for someone, I always always say, can you give me a behavior you want a random behavior you want a a child to do, and then I'm going to go back to the clinic, and I'm going to record me teaching that child this behavior that you want me to and come back and show you that within a couple weeks, you can really sort of shape any behavior, and this semester I had the best response, which is some little girl in the back of the room raised her hand and said can you teach a kid to twerk And I said, okay, and I came back and uh, we have one particular client who um, is not the best dancer. Um, Love him to death, but, you know, he's kind of off on his beat. And um, I came in and we played a little bit of the Miley Cyrus song that she did at the VMAs and um, shaped up his twerking behavior and showed it to the class a couple of weeks later, and they loved it. So that was, I, I don't know if that was the exact question you're looking for, that is by far the oddest request, teach my kid to twerk. Um,
0: that worked, but that, did you have to help the kid unlearn it, and you know, did that, Did you have a bet with that girl in the back? I mean, is it, does she have to, like, both of them twerk at the same time or something? something, <laughs> something like that.
1: No, I i joined him uh, in the video that will not be released on the internet.
0: Um, him uh, and I, we're bonus twerking. feature, bonus feature.
1: <laughs> but it was funny, uh, you know, uh, the kid's won one that he he loves to dance and move and anything like that. So, um, you know, we're shaping his dancing behavior anyway. So that way, you know, he can learn a little, a little bit how to stay on beat. So well,
0: something good come out of it.
1: <laughs> well, of course, you know, it wasn't just a waste of time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the last one, and I'm going to throw you a curveball. All right. Okay, what? imagine you wake up tomorrow and all of your client population is gone whatever it is and but you still have all your knowledge in aba what would you do
1: um animal training i mean i i find that that is fascinating i heard um karen Pryor, um who's a you know world-renowned animal trainer at a conference one time and i read her book on clicker training and I, i would love to do it if um if it wouldn't be for so much schoolwork to take all the biologies and zoologies on all the different animals, um, I would, I'd be doing that as a side job just because I think that that's awesome. Um, it would either be that or uh, occupational behavior management um, and you know, company-wide you know, job skills. Just because I've kind of done that here whenever we start hiring and training. Um, you know I've read some of that research. And I think that, that's really fascinating too. But my number one would be you know especially dolphins. If I can get with dolphins and penguins at a zoo – with a clicker or whatever you would use for those, um, I'm I'm good.
0: Well, you guys, you guys got gators over there, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll train a gator for you. Don't worry.
0: Okay. Well, how far are you from the Duck Dynasty guy? I just watched that you, show.
1: You know, I have never seen an episode.
0: I was just like, people kept talking about him. Like, okay, let's just watch one that one season. And see do, do right. you know
1: where they're at? What city they're
0: in? Um, uh, Monroe, West Monroe.
1: Oh, Monroe. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, we're about—I don't know how far away. I, I would say at least an hour and a half away from them. We're okay. So, um, we're more south, more the the Cajun area. So another. I, I know. I know they're from what I can understand, pretty bad on the show. But uh, yeah, that's. I'm not, I'm not gonna say that's how it really is around here, because clearly that's a blown out of proportion. Um, but um, there's little parts of it. Everywhere, well, everywhere. You don't nice. have to subtitle me at all. I would hope, um, but oh. I probably do have some sort of weird
0: accent to to people. Do I'm
1: Chinese? Yeah. Well, I know. Yeah, definitely. I don't know what is a normal accent anymore.
0: I don't know. There's no normal accent. I don't know.
1: Like I still struggle saying the word uh, wrestling because we wrestle here in
0: Louisiana. There you go. There yeah. You go. Well, learn something.
1: There you go. I mean, there's some, there's some, and you know, there's a lot of words too that we have that are French words here that, until I started traveling out of the state, didn't realize that no one else knew, you know, start having counties. Like, I don't know what a county is.
0: guys, oh. What do you guys have? It's not county. What do you guys have?
1: We have parish.
0: Ooh, fancy.
1: Parish. Yeah. And alligators. Parishes and alligators here in Louisiana. I
0: don't want to see you train an alligators. That'd be funny.
1: Well, you know, I'm going to walk out to the uh, bayou in the back with the clicker and see if I can't find one. So,
0: <laughs> That would be fun. That would be a T-shirt idea. I drink alligators. Yeah. Um, all right, let's wrap it up. So any last piece of advice, and how can people find you?
1: Uh, well, people can find me um, online. Our website is www.tcacadiana.com um and that's the website for the center here and it has all my contact information uh, if they're um interested and the biggest piece of advice i can tell everyone is don't lose that fire don't lose that hunger the the humor um you gotta you gotta keep going you gotta keep pushing yourself learning as much as you can be a constant learner um and that's only going to help everyone in the field and all of those clients that we're helping so
0: well thank you so much justin and uh, I'll try to put the show notes together and work my tag magic. If I could, if I'm not, then, you know, I'll find someone else to do it. Um, that's all, folks. Thank you again, Justin. No problem. Bye. and i recorded this last year well sometime after thanksgiving i think before christmas um sorry it took me a while to um get back into the game and get this going again and sorry justin um some of the thing you can tell is totally outdated but the uh, the turking and duck dynasty and stuff but anyways this is still a really good interview I really enjoy it and Justin taught me a lot I hope you guys enjoy it as well I am going to schedule more interviews and I'll get it done and be more organized and more make things more routine good for me good for everyone right Um, that's about it I just want to thank Justin again and Louisiana, CHAP